Welcome to the People in Technology podcast. My name's David Gazzarotto, and it's great to be here at the ATC event in Sydney, coming at you live podcasting. You can hear the background noise. Um, really excited to have a, a new co-host for the moment. Hello. Um, <laughs> Ruby Lee. I'm not Jared. <laughs> You're not Jared, no, um, but I, I think a more than adequate replacement. Really excited <laughs> to have Ruby uh, co-hosting with me uh, this morning. So thanks for coming along I'm and joining so us. I'm so excited. I'm actually so honoured. David sent me a LinkedIn message two days ago saying, do you want to co-host on the podcast? And I, I think I squealed, jumped up and down for a second and then replied. Yeah, and when you replied, I squealed <laughs> and went, oh my God. So this is fantastic. Now, it's not just us right now. We do have a guest here, we do. so we, perhaps we should introduce um, the wonderful Dr. Jason Fox. Hey, applause! Welcome. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. So you've just <laughs> you've just come off stage, um, you know, the buzz of the audience in there. Uh, so to tell us a little bit about uh, how that was. Uh, there's always a thing immediately after doing a keynote, which I just did, where I'm, I think, oh, I wish I had said that, and I feel like I'd, I there's this internal post mortem like self-critical thing um, mm. that goes on which is kind of fine but I've just learned to silence it and I don't usually ref- tr- I try not to reflect too much on the keynote until the next day yep. oh otherwise goodness. I'm going to be way too bitter on myself it's actually very comforting to hear that from you yeah. who's such an experienced speaker Mm, that you still uh, go through that yeah, post-mortem. Yeah, totally. By the way, you yeah. nailed it. Uh, I was just you. saying before we came on the air, everyone on my table was just like, we could have listened to you for hours. Oh, that's you nice. were so mm. engaging, so entertaining, so funny, but the things that you actually talked about in terms of your keynote was so on point. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a funny thing being the, the first keynote in an event like this because yeah. these opportunities are so... Um, it's so rare to actually get out of the normal work context to connect with like-minded folks like this and yeah. to have conversations mm. like this. So yeah. I tried to bring some of that into the mix. It's a rare treat, really, isn't it? In the scale yeah. Of things. Yeah, totally. So, so Jason, tell us a little bit about now. You um, you have a, a I guess a business called the Cleverness. Is yes. that right? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about your background and perhaps you know, what is it that you, that you bring to the table? Sure. Um, oh, well, I'm just, I'm kind of like some um, recovering academic. Um, I, I explored um, motivation and behavior change. Um, while I was doing that, I was at my PhD in that. I started playing World of Warcraft, um, yep. which was more effective at engaging my behavior, uh, focus and behavior than actual motivational strategies were. So I read a book on that called The Game Changer. Gamification then became a huge buzzword. Um, People called me up to try to gamify their workplaces and I was frustrated at the lack of curiosity that I experienced from many leadership teams. They seemed to be opting for a quick fix. Uh, I went deeper into the psychology of that. Um, How to Lead a Quest was born, my latest book. Um, And nowadays I facilitate strategy, leadership development and I'm currently working on the next book. I don't know what it's called yet, don't really know what it's about, but it's emerging. And I I think, I I, I overthink, I write books, I share them in keynotes and uh, I sometimes host deeper strategic offsites with folks. Amazing. How did you feel being in a room full of recruiters? Have you ever been in a room full have, of recruiters? Yeah, yeah. And there's different types, right? In-house versus like small business solo and all, all sorts. It, it was a cool energy. Like um, 
sometimes people use the words like we're just one big family and it just seems a little bit contrived whereas in this instance I thought actually this kind of resonates mm-hmm. here like the way that I see people connecting and the way how warm and welcoming people were to newcomers and stuff it's, it's a pretty cool vibe here yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I come from the world of recruitment. I'm no longer actively in it. I've stepped, I've stepped outside of it. I love it. But yeah. I love the fact that I get to come back to a conference like this and it does feel like family. It's like, oh, yeah, my people. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. You go, David. Oh, oh. I have this, oh, well, this thing, right? Because I've been following your work for a while, Ruby. Um, and oh, my I, gosh. Um, Did everyone just hear that? I, <laughs> I find I'm editing that bit out. <laughs> I find myself struggling. So it's almost like a point of difference, but like when it comes to uh, social media, when it comes to um, the amount of connected activity and the, the kind of the sense of busyness is always on, things like that, I, I don't know how well to manage it personally. And, yep. and I see there's this thing that many people in the room, AI, is, it can be perceived as you know, automation. It's just more things to do. And before you know it, we're across more platforms. We've got more presence. And mm. How do you guys go about managing that? You know, yeah. I think yeah. you've got to just pick and choose. To me, anyway, there is. I still am very much grasping the concept of how AI is helping me in my everyday. Um, and even maybe one step back from that automation mm-hmm. and how it actually plays into what I do I mean a lot of a lot of what I do is very much about human connectedness and I often worry or I get afraid about taking away that very personalized feel to just connecting with an audience especially online yeah totally I want to talk about automation with you guys in a bit but what's yeah. your what, what, well, how do you, <coughs> how do you I, I, the simple answer is I don't and okay. I find it a real challenge and I, I yeah. think I actually think it's a challenge for um, people of my generation <laughs> not to bring the generations into it so much, but I, I think we, um, uh, I have this appetite for anything new, and I keep mm. engaging around it. But I don't think I'm as e- uh, as good at letting the old go. So what ends up happening is you continue to stack things up and up and up. Yeah, so sifting through that and finding. You know, what works best mm. and how to manage that is something that's a continual challenge for me. There's, there's something, there's, this, there's an emerging philosophy, um, yeah. metamodernism. It's, it's still very, very nascent. But what we're seeing here is this beautiful juxtaposition of futurism and nostalgia, like this hybridity yes. of like yeah. the old school and the new and the, the forms are overlapping together. Like I love how there used to be futurists on stage um, six years ago saying, you know, by the time we get to 2017, 50% of conferences are going to be online, yeah. you know? And they were looking yeah. at, like, what was it, that that virtual world where you have an avatar and you'd attend conferences? Oh, yes. A, yeah. Oh, and it's God, like, cool, it's yeah. so naive and silly. There's something so primal and human about gathering together, like around the campfire, that can also be augmented and enhanced with technology. So I think there's there's some sort of, there's yeah. a there's a kind of a reconciliation that's happening where it used to be out with the old in with the new Mm -hmm. and now you look at hipsters right Mm -hmm. hipsters are helping bring meaning back in this digital world we're Mm -hmm. seeing record players slow food movements like um good quality tailoring uh repairing your own stuff like all of the like slow movements kind of are re-emerging in this really fast world and it's beautiful it's interesting and it's it's funny actually because i i went through a process last year with our business of saying how do we differentiate from every other consultant out there every other systems integrator Mm. um and what i um decided to to run with was an artisan model totally it's picking up on that and saying okay okay. we are bringing craft back to the world of consulting 
You know, so. and, but you can't just say that. You've got to get your team wow. authentically to connect with that and to bring themselves to the table and to... And, you know, you know we talk artisan, right? So yeah. let's bring back this automation notion back yep. into the mix because this is, a, this is a key thing for me a little while ago because I went down to the almost this default thing. I've got to grow the business. And revenue was increasing every year and I just automatically assumed more revenue equals good. Then I had to hire more people and then I had to come up with cleverer systems to automate stuff. And then before I knew it, I had these... LinkedIn tweet and tweets and stuff automated in my voice mm. going out there that I'd read and think, hang on, I didn't really say that. Mm. And, so, and I kind of, I'd gone beyond artisan in, and kind of did too much automation. You cloned yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, mm. it was horrible to see this clone of myself, um, this, this kind of uh, doppelganger out there saying things slightly, just the nuance wasn't quite there. So I've, I've kind of reined back to this artisan thing too, and I'm, I'm conscious of where to automate and where meaningful, where, where it's useful to have some friction in yeah. place, yeah. like yeah. the friction. So this automation thing, right, because still the result is I'm useless at social media. Like I'm, I'm terrible mm. at it. Mm. And I keep thinking, do I just kind of jump on something and just automate a bunch of tweets and stuff like that? Or how do I do it in an authentic way? Like how do you see, Ruby, the, the overlap between automation and authenticity oh gosh so it's interesting you talk about this because when yesterday we had a a little cocktail party kickoff and i said to kevin wheeler when are we going to see you as you know the futurist um just kind of hologram into a conference you know total star wars as we're on the star wars theme like you know just hologramming from wherever you are in the world and how will you feel about this and he just said to me no i will always travel and i will always I love, firstly, the conference food, but also being able to connect with people humanly. And I loved that, that, you know, one of the futurists of our time is saying, no, I will still humanly connect. Mm. And this is also coming back to your question with my business. I did go down the automation path as well for not that long, maybe a couple couple of months, two months at most. Yeah. And I tried, you know, Hootsuite and Buffer, and I did the whole tweet thing and um, Planoly for Instagram And I would often forget that I've loaded in those tweets or loaded in those pictures with the captions and they would go out when I'm midway through having a coffee with someone and I'm like, that's not how I'm feeling right now or it feels contrived Mm. or it feels as though there's this need and this urge to be everywhere all the time on social when you don't actually have to be. Mm. And it, it's something that I just peeled right back. So now everything I post, all the content that goes out there mm. is completely in the moment. I don't content plan. I don't think Amazing. about it. It's just whatever oh, cool. I'm feeling on the day. Love it. Um, yeah. It's good to see that that can be done in a really effective way, that people don't have to buy into this dream of everything automated. Mm. I think that some businesses are doing this with chatbots nowadays yes. where... Um, there's a question do we actually acknowledge up front hey I'm a bot or do we pretend to be a human or what's that experience like yeah um, I think because if you're savvy and someone pops up on this website hey I'm here I want to help you out it's like I know that you're not a real person have and you heard of Amy Ingram uh, yes. the yeah yeah the, <laughs> the inbox getting the inbox slash calendar mm. slash mm. PA system Oh my gosh. So I used to work in the world of yeah. tech startups and a lot of my good friends are developers. Love, love the way that their mind thinks sometimes. So Amy Ingram sends an invite. We're trying to hook up a meeting with four or five people. And oh my goodness. So one of the developers was like, I'm going to fuck this up. And it's like, oh my gosh. And so he's writing all these really contrived, loopy messages to Amy. By the way, for those of you that don't know Amy Ingram, she's an AI bot pretty much to 
set, set up meetings. And she was so confused that by the end of it, it took 16 emails between ourselves and Amy and the rest of us to set up one coffee meeting. Oh, now, wow. is that productive? No. Pardon the fact that my friend Duncan was definitely just doing that to have a bit of a go mm. At, mm. at the whole kind of system. But, you know, it, if you were to just pick up the phone. Mm. Yep. 15-minute chat. Totally. At most. I've got another little adjunct mm. to that Amy Ingram story. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I um, had someone in my networks who used that technology for a while, uh, but he gave me a... Because you get CC'd on it, so yes. it, the interaction happens between the AI and, and you know the party you're trying to get the meeting scheduled for. Yeah. Um, and apparently after about the third interaction, the other party started to hit on her. <laughs> Didn't so the so it says one thing the AI is pretty damn good when the other person mm. the other end starts to think wait mm. what are you doing on Saturday night which is it's kind of freaky then, isn't it thinking about totally. um, thinking about the notion of reality at the moment and thinking about this new generation emerging yep. where our sense of self nowadays um, it's so different compared to growing up pre internet where we actually have multiple avatars and personas and people relate to those different avatars in different ways and different platforms. And so our sense of our very sense of self is fragmented where we have this collapse of distances. So the distance between mm-hmm. countries and peoples is no longer there. We're more connected to more people than ever before, but sometimes it brings a sense of false intimacy and loneliness. Mm-hmm. And there's this there's whole new territories of how to navigate this as a human being, you know, in this in this new world. Let alone ramping things up with uh, automation and artificial intelligence. And I guess it always yeah. comes back to taking an experimental approach, like you mentioned. Mm. You played a couple of months with automation. Yeah. I think I, I, I think I was, I was doing it for about a month or so. And it's like, there's got to be some way to sense check this. Does this feel congruent? Does this feel right? And, you know, your conscious choice with your company as well, like Mm. adopting different things, it's like, is this this us, you know? Mm. Mm. And uh, my worry is, and one of the themes I talked about in the keynote is, there's so much of a race. There's such this desire to be faster, faster, move fast, break things and stuff that people are just going to gobble up these quick fixes and solutions and end up in a place that they don't want to be. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, it's interesting. It's funny. Um, I, when I look at the behaviour around technology and the adoption of some of these mm-hmm. newer technologies, whether it's social, whether it's the AI, I actually look to my kids now. Yeah. And it's been really... I, I've done that very deliberately, particularly in the last 12 months. Uh, there's a, a couple kids? of things. Uh, 12, 9 and 6. Yeah, right. Cool. So That's they're at ages where they're starting to engage with the world mm. around them. They're, they're building their social skills in the various mm. contexts from schools to you know, neighbour uh, neighbours and family and the like. Um, so it's really interesting to see how they use technology in a, a, a distinctly native manner. Mm. Um, it's really to augment those social interactions and I, I yeah. find it fascinating so there's um, you know if I look at the Fortnite craze going on at the yeah. moment I thought oh no let's smash this because that's that just looks like a terrible war game type mm. thing but when I actually observed my 12 year old yeah and I noticed that what he was doing was engaging at quite a deep social level yeah, yeah and he's he's actually deepening relationships mm. he goes to school and the guys um, they knock around the the playground yeah. and it's it's yeah. a deeper yeah. relationship built on oh. a combination yeah. of the digital and a there's so many fascinating things happening uh, like that yeah. uh, it's just it's, it's, it's extreme and your kids these days they don't re- they don't talk about technology it's yeah. not something to talk about because their lives are so enmeshed in it like their social the social fabric that they live in is and that technology is now ubiquitous it's yep. a background yeah. um, 
which is kind of it's it's kind of cool, and it's also this sense where. I feel that this is the emerging generation that are so enmeshed and there's this natural way of being amongst this. There's beautiful things. There's a new sincerity that's being emerged that's both ironic and sincere. There's, there's, there's beautiful things happening here. And yet in many industries, we still have, um, and I'm saying this endearingly with mm. huge respect, but we have many people in senior leadership positions that have honestly no clue or comfort about these technologies still operating in an archaic, hierarchical, industrial mindset way where big decisions are made at the top and filtered down yeah. with a bias towards that which can be measured and optimised yep. that are completely missing up on, on the, the, the richer opportunities that technology presents itself. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, this is partly cool about this conference. You'll have really talented folks here and hopefully there are organisations that will have some distributed authority, have this mm. uh, appetite for experimentation. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully amongst that we'll see uh, better ways emerge. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, well, I'll bring you into the conversation on this one, Ruby, because um, uh, you know, what you are working and coaching people around is their own personal brands. Mm. And, and what I like about the angle that I've, I've heard you recently talking about is... Um, an influencer is an influencer, no matter where your context is, whether you're a defined influencer or yes. whether you are in an organisation lower down the pecking order in a hierarchical sense. Um, you know, work your personal brand, use it for good, not evil, mm. um, all of that sort of stuff. Is, yeah. is, is that kind of a... Have I got that right for starters? You have got that right. And I think a lot of what I am talking about today, so I've got my session later on this afternoon, is really about bringing out the human behind the job title. Yeah. It's bringing out the human behind your social handle and much of it I think is that you don't have to be someone in a super senior position you don't have to be someone who's standing up on the stage to be an expert but also to share your message and to share your truth and I think a lot of that comes back to owning an authentic brand Mm. and I, I love the fact that I'm able to connect with everyone here at this conference and many of them I will say we can launch straight into conversation mm. because I've seen their content yeah. online, they've seen my content online, and we're able to, again, coming back to your Fortnite reference with the kids, just immediately connect on a much deeper mm. level if you were sharing a message that's true to you. Yeah, correct. Not just going yeah. out there with, oh, industry update. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Buy totally. this from me now. Mm. It's, yes. um, oh, yeah, yeah, without <laughs> vlogging and stuff. Uh, it's it's it, There is a thing where there are some folks I follow on, on Instagram and with the Insta stories. I like this notion that there are there are fleeting things. I think sometimes for too long the internet fossilized everything you did, which then meant that you needed yes. to be really considered, okay, shit, this is going to be around for decades. No. Yeah. And that nowadays it's just, it's a, it's this thing. So you can act- consumed. Yeah. So quickly. Yeah. And yeah. then forgotten about so quickly at Yeah, times. totally. So, so it means that, you meet someone in real life, but you already feel a sense of deeper connection, which yes. is which is which is fun. Yes. Do you know the yeah. thing that kills me, and I see this parents everywhere, um, they're watching their kid at in the school orchestra like this, mm. right? Yep. Now I'm a, I'm not engaged. This is great for radio, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I, okay, I'm so not David's engaged in what's going on. Tell us what, what, tell us what yeah. you're doing, Dave. I'm I'm videoing. You know, I'm looking through my phone, capturing mm. the video of that moment, a special moment my child's performing. The last time, every time I've done that, I don't do it as often as a lot of other people. Mm. I can't remember when I've gone back and looked at that video. Mm. Like, I've done it because I feel like I must be capturing that moment. It seems a ritual in Melbourne cafes now that you've got to take a photo of your food before you (laughs) you eat it. I kind of think that's okay. It's this whole take the video 
yeah. with this notion that you're going, you're capturing this special moment. You're going to go back and watch it. Mm. But to Ruby's point, it's would you actually watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think if you're doing it because someone special isn't there and you're going to connect them mm. with that content, that's great. Yeah, there's a kind of there's there's a new kind of almost nonchalance about how that can be done nowadays at least that's my my read mm. on it like people are at the thing and it's like oh how cool is this and because we're talking about the like say insta stories or the other things that kind of disappear you pull it out and it's there and it captures it and it's got a, like a timer so you're yeah. not just holding the phone there for 10 minutes to take the video it's a quick little grab and that maybe that's enough of a thing that can preserve the memory yeah. of that yeah. but then the phone's out of the way but m- mind you i'm playing with this app at the moment um called Memento or Momento. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I've that too. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah. and it's simply telling me how much time I'm on my phone during the day and how many many times I've picked it up. You mean this one? Oh, yeah, look at that. Everyone's got it. I've got the whole family on it. So so the game is then how can I kind of keep my time down, like progressively just get the average time down. Well, not not to a minimum, but like I think hovering around an hour is a good target. Um, I'm currently about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what are you doing with the time that, as you're as you're kind of more conscious yeah. of the time you're or not spending on socials, what what is that in exchange of? So mm. in in my this is a good question, and in my world, I'm kind of lucky and quite privileged in the position that I have, running my own business, writing books, and uh, that I can I can afford to have generous time for deep work. Mm. So there's a wonderful book that I read um, last year called Deep Work by Cal Newport, Focus Success in a Distracted World where he gets you to focus, think about what is your philosophy for deep work? And I realized the thing that resonates most with me is a bimodal philosophy. So my year oscillates between delivery months where I'm on catching flights, doing keynotes, workshops, and so forth, and development months where I'm mm. writing, and researching. and Yep, that's right. And so when I'm, when I'm doing a development month, the first half of the day, I'm not on the email whatsoever at all. And I try to maintain that habit in delivery months, but, you know, I'm in a different place and I need to look for coffee this morning mm-hmm. and all those things. But the philosophy I try to do is I replace that with, like, writing, reading, and yep. there's something charming I'm finding about physical books as well. I like mm-hmm. the convenience of having a Kindle, um, but in terms of the experience and the connection I have with the writing, particularly reading a book with a lead pencil and underlining things, that's that's an activity that would be, re- you know, that's what I do instead of going and scroll hole on Instagram yes. or something. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the book Deep Work. I saw it at the library two days ago at the airport as I was coming here and now you've said it. And if you believe in signs from the universe, I'm definitely going to have to get oh, my hands yeah. on this book now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you so love smiling it. from you. Yeah, to totally. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Just the, um, loving this conversation, so we're going to keep it going for a little little. Okay, that's great. Okay. Um, I want to I turn a little bit towards... I know this is a recruiting... I thought you were going to wrap this up. No. <laughs> hey, I'm loving it. this. No. Look, it's really good, Please but no. we really, really need to go. <laughs> um... This is a recruit, recruitment conference, but I wanted to touch a bit on learning mm. and, and I guess another observation around what modern learning's looking like mm. um, with technology enabling it, particularly the AI thing. We, we share another little moment where my nine-year-old mm-hmm. and my brother was actually down and observing this and kind of had this light bulb moment of his own as my son, who has been badgering me for two weeks to um, make cannolis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Fancy little Italian nice. treats with that custody yeah. stuff yeah, in yeah. And you can make these. Of course. I can't make the shells. Like, I could, probably could, but mm. it's filling the shells. Mm. So he's been badgering me, badgering me. Then he, then he decides um, to take matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. And so he gives it the, okay, Google, mm. uh, what's a recipe for filling cannolis? Yeah, just mm. 
And lo and behold, there you go. out it comes. And he's like, wait, giggle, stop. Yeah. And so he's saying, stop, let me get a pen and paper. Ah, <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Super. he comes back and goes, next step. Yep. Great. Just bri- and so he is just learning in the context of what's going on, using the technology Mm -hmm. without even thinking. And the beautiful hybridity of the analogue pen and paper with the technology. And this is is what we're going to be seeing more of too. Um, There's... Like you look at publishing, for example, as an industry. Yeah, we can consume information online very easily. There's no real point in buying a paperback book unless mm. people are going to buy one here. But you're buying... <laughs> I've buy got book. books for sale, uh, <laughs> morning tea. Um, the thing is, if you do go to buy... So my, my, my thing is, I'll read stuff online. I'll buy the Kindle book, the e-book. If I like that, then I'll buy the physical book because it's, uh, it's nice to have the physical artifact. And I think this hybridity of learning, this, this sense of being able to learn... We used to be taught. We used to be taught things just in case. Now we learn just in time. Yeah. And so uh, it's something that the education system is still adapting for, but there is a different way to approach navigating mm. this world where mm. we can learn most anything just just in time. Yeah. And when I see, you know, my wife hounding my son to learn his times tables, I kind of go, "Really? Is he going to really need it, or is he going to be able oh, to access that's that fundamental?" <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've, maybe the wrong example, yeah, but yeah, totally. you know it's kind yeah, of do, yeah. it's this whole. Do we need to rote learn all this stuff, or mm, is it just mm. now? Is the world that we that the next generations are in mm. more about navigating yeah. and being able to access the wealth of knowledge that's just it's it's right well, all around us. Interesting, right? um, Dan Pink, uh, an author I deeply yeah, admire, um, me too. wrote the book Drive: Surprising Truth of What Motivates Us. Um, he was recently saying that the a Bachelor of Fine Arts is the new MBA, mm. um, and if oh, we think wow. about uh, Think about MBA. I mean, I mean, pe- people can say anything, right? Um, but but it's a, it's a kind of a cool quote and a cool thing to be think about when we realise that for so long things like um, Bachelor of Fine Arts has been sort of met with a little bit of like, oh yeah, look at you just having a fun time. Yeah. But many people are realising actually no, you're making all sorts of connections. You're thinking conceptually, abs- working in complexity and abstraction. You're making connections that machines cannot do. Mm. Uh, there's something incredibly powerful in that. It's interesting actually because an extension of that is this notion that um, as technology starts to do more and more for us, if we leverage that correctly, mm. we take a lot of the mundane work out of our mm-hmm. worlds it lifts us all up as humans to more abstract and higher self-actualized kind of modes. Yeah. And the connect the I, I like the I did a lot of histories in the mm. Renaissance history oh, and the yes. like. So it's Excellent. this um, f- f- thought process, which is what you're touching on, mm. that we're going back into that mode where we value things that are creative, things that are like, like sort of higher. There's a rekindling of a rena- there is definitely a Renaissance happening. There are there are wonderful events that bring some of the the most forward thinkers in the internet out into the wilderness with bonfires and stuff where there is no internet connection to talk about the future of the internet. Like there is this kind of, there's this hybridity that we're seeing and it's a rekindling of the renaissance. There's there's a, there's a, I think we've all realised what happens when we get way too carried away with materialism, too carried away with capitalism, too carried away with um, social media addiction. And so now we're in this stage of new maturity where we're realising... There's a more authentic, savvy way that we can be in this hyper-connected yeah, world, yeah. which means we don't have to sacrifice the things that we loved mm. and we don't have to give up on the new opportunities that technology presents us with. Yeah. I have an amazing opportunity to speak to universities all around Australia and these are the up-and-coming graduates. You know, They're in their third or final year. And so often I get called in to talk about how to be more creative, 
how to relate more with the world, how to actually expand their thinking. And I think this is interesting given that it's a university. I mean, I love like universities, obviously, they play a role at the moment, but will they ongoing? And I think they're starting to realise that a lot of their graduates are coming out thinking, I want to start a business. I don't want to go into the nine to five and I don't particularly want to work for an organisation. But in order to start my own business, they're realising that there's a whole other, you know, there's so many other layers coming out that they haven't learned from from an mm. academic mm. viewpoint. So I'd love to hear yeah. your point of view, given that you're a recovering oh. Oh. academic. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> love, I, I love academia and deep research and that w- w- what it brings. But there is a lot of, um, there's a default that's crept around it. And there are many universities suffering a bit of a crisis of relevance um, for some of, I'm thinking particularly the business schools mm. and particularly some some disciplines but there's there's the deeper stuff that is always going to be there and so mm-hmm. if anything i'm seeing that this the democratization of knowledge the open connection is in some ways universities should see this as an opportunity we know the dangerous side effects of dr google for example when oh, people yes. are self-diagnosing things instead of actually seeking professional um Perspective, And then we also know that sometimes it's useful had multiple perspectives and things. And then it comes back to this notion of critical thinking. Um, and this is one of the things I'm really mm-hmm. grateful for that the university taught me during the PhD is to think very critically around your own thesis, the methodologies of the research that you're uh, using, all of that. And I think that the more that we can tap into that, the better the world will be. And then there will be some topics like deep physics and other things like that that can only happen at universities. Yes, Awesome. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think on, on that oh, note... Damn it, that, <coughs> that was the boring thread. That no, it wasn't the boring that. thread. It's just that we've done <laughs> no. 29 minutes of a 12-minute conversation. No, it's great. I've really enjoyed I'm it. I'm going to listen to this episode 10 times over. So am I. I'm gonna <laughs> it's been so fun. Right Thanks, now. guys. So, yeah, thank you, Jason. How do we get in touch with you if uh, any of this is connected oh, with the well, audience? I'm terrible at social media, but drjasonfox.com forward slash ahoy is my newsletter that I share about nine times a year. Love it. Yeah, join awesome. me there. So make sure you get connected and uh, thanks, thanks for your time. Thanks, Ruby, for co-host, oh, co-hosting. Such and, a pleasure. Uh, it was great. Love the chat. Awesome. And we'll catch you again soon.